Well, this morning we have a special guest that's going to speak, and uh, I've known Teresa Arnold for uh, six and a half, seven years. Uh, I first met her on a, on a trip to, uh, to Crossgates to, uh, to meet with David Jett and talk to him about a job he was, he was offering me, and uh, I was, Kathy and I met with Teresa, and, and, and I was struck by the, the depth of, of her love for people, and for her, her love to see people set free, and, and to see bondage broken off of people, and it was my pleasure to serve with her at Crossgates for about 18 months. We worked together, and, uh, uh, I said this yesterday, she spoke to our ladies, but uh, I don't have a, a sister, I have a brother, but if I had a sister, she would be my sister, okay? I really mean that. I don't say that lightly. I, I love her. And, and some of you may not understand exactly what I'm talking about, but some of you will. When you go to war against the enemy, you learn who you can depend on and who you can't. And I learned that I could depend on Teresa. I, and and I, I said this yesterday, and, and I'll say it again. If, if I'm going to go to war against the enemy, I want her to be on my side. I, I don't mind standing back to back with her because I know she won't quit. I know she knows how to fight. And so she came yesterday and spoke with our ladies. And the Lord just he put it on my heart when, when I invited her to come to, to allow her to, to, he wanted her to speak on Sunday morning. I think she has something that somebody needs, and it's a part of our process. And so, you know what? I, I'm all about following the Holy Spirit. And so I want you to put your hands together and welcome Teresa. This is Teresa Arnold. Uh, Jenny is with her. Jenny is her traveling companion. We all three went to Mexico last year and got to minister there, and I've shared some of the stories. I haven't shared all of them with you, but uh, I've shared some of them. But uh, I, I love Teresa, and uh, I'm going to let her speak, and I'm going to sit down and enjoy it. Take a moment off. Very good. Thank you all so much um, for letting me come, and I'm going to just tell you, there have been two men in my life, other than my husband, that showed me the love and the power of Jesus Christ. One was W.D. Watkins, and that's who led me to the Lord. Um, I was, uh, I had lived a life of being unloved and unaccepted and not valued my entire life. So out of that, you make a lot of stupid decisions because your worth is below your feet. And um, so... With the point of being um, arrested with the intent to sell at the age of 21, I didn't recognize myself in the mirror, so I went to um, a church that was far away from home. Um, I drove, we had lived in Brandon at the time, so I drove into Jackson and went to a a church that I kind of remembered briefly uh, when I was a little girl for a very millisecond moment, a breath in time that my family went to church. And um, so I knew to sneak in the back, and I'd come in a little late, Oh, get me some Jesus, feel good. And then I'd go right out the back door. And I did this. I had it down pat. I knew when to come in. I knew when to exit. Because this sweet little old whitehead man um, would say, okay, let's pray. And I knew, like, hey, exit. I can get in my car and I can be gone. Don't have to talk to see anybody. I can stay hidden. But the beautiful thing is, is the Lord, we can never hide from the Lord. So there were about, um, it was, a, would say, a large church. There were probably about, I don't know, 
700 people there. And so it goes pretty far back, and it went pretty far wide. And I am, you know, got my cue. He's closing in prayer. But, and I'm saying, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me. I'm getting right on out to the center aisle to exit. And I had not known and did not hear that as um, he left the pulpit, he called on a brother to close out in prayer, and he made his way. And so as I'm, and I got right in front of his face, this precious, older, white-headed man, and he said, the Lord told me to do whatever it took to stop you. Whatever it took, he saw me from the back of a very large church that went as far back and as far wide. And I love that man. The Lord used him to radically change my life. And I met love for the first time in my life, physically and through Jesus Christ. He radically saved me that day. When I say radically, I mean throw it down, give me all of Jesus, I'll take what you got. I don't know what that is, but it looks good and I want it. Hallelujah. I'll give it to me. And I love those people. And from that long ago, those people are still in my life. And I'm telling you, as I say this, all Krogers are not created equal, and all pastors are not created equal. All churches are not, all people, like, I mean, we're all different, are we not? And then I met Nelson, and I'm just telling you, what you have in a pastor, and what you have in a friend and a brother, I have not met since W.D. Watkins, who really loves people that are true and will do whatever the Lord tells him to do to love someone. So when the Lord sent him for that ever so brief um, time that I didn't think was very long or fair, um, he, the Lord used him so mightily in my life out of anyone else in my adult ministry in the Lord, like functioning in the Lord and doing what the Holy Spirit told me to do. The Lord sent him to confirm and to just, I'd say, here's what I'm seeing. He goes, yeah, you know what that is? I'm like, nope, I just see it. And he had all the titles, and he had all the, the books to prove it. <laughs> I'm like, man, this is awesome. I'm like, I, really? So he affirmed me, and it kind of put my sea legs under me. So um, the Lord, for him to come, the 39042 at Kathy um, and Nelson at their time in life to uproot and, and move over for just a little time. But I think it's so... Um, perfect in what today's message is, which lined up even with what they sang. It was a detour in his life, a little detour. And he was willing to take that little detour in order um, to, without understanding, Lord, I don't know why. It doesn't make sense. But I'm going to say, like I asked the ladies yesterday, have you ever known the Lord really makes sense? It will not. I mean, you want to get, okay, give. That, that that makes no sense. You, you want to um, you you want to to um, love? Okay, then you got to give it out. You got to give it away, and then he gives it back. So today we're going to be looking at um, at Second Chronicles twenty, and it's all about detours. And we're going to look at some that refused a detour, like Jonah. We know he refused, but Lord, I mean, I'm going to tell you. You can refuse the Lord all day, but he, you're, he's going to get your attention, and we're going to go to that place where he wants to, for us to be out of his great love for us. He's going to get us there. And there were some others that are just willing to detour um, 
Uh, let me just look at my notes here. Where are my glasses? Okay, now I can look at my notes. Okay, so you have um, Moses. He was willing to do a detour. When I, I really don't believe when Moses left and took the people out, he thought he would be in that desert for that long. I don't. Because I think if we knew ahead, how many of you, if you knew ahead of what the Lord is really calling you to do, you'd say, oh, uh-uh. That's why he only gives us just for that moment, that right in front of your face. Because if he would have told you how your entire life was going to pan out and how it was going to be, I don't know how many of us would want to still be going, to be honest. Okay? So then you had Moses. He was just that willingness to wander. And then you have someone like Joseph. He just didn't have a choice. He went from being unwanted by his family and then being wanted by Potiphar's wife, but at that same time, that huge detour in his life that he never thought. He thought he'd always be with his daddy and his family, and they'd have all, you know, things were planned out. But the detour in his life, look what the Lord did. He used Joseph to actually save millions of people through a huge famine that was unlike that anything on this earth could ever imagine. But with Joseph as a child, that's how it was going to turn out. How many of you right now have had detours in your life that you look back and you think, I never would have thought that that would be the road that the Lord got me to where I am today? Even when he said there are people here that are just like, at the, door, the dead end road, that dark place, the Lord's asking you to follow him. He's got a detour. He's got a detour for you today. Some of us are being blessed by the detours that are further back a few generations ago took. That's why you're here today. Some of you have been detoured. That's why you are here today. And some of you right now, the Lord's saying, I need to detour you. Would you be willing to follow me and go on a detour? It's going to be fabulous. It's going to be painful. It's going to be miserable. It's going to be hot, and your feet are going to hurt, but it's fabulous. But we have to be willing to go on the detour. Agreed? Okay. So let's look at Second Chronicles 20. This one, um, F. Now, if y'all only knew, like, uh, I don't do technology, but... I study in this precious old Bible. This is my, like, go-to. That is duct tape, yes. And I love it, and I don't want to be away from it. So I study out of the, um, the ESV, but um, I have to... Um, I look at all different types of um, Scripture. I love NLT. It's one of my favorites because it's just how we talk. And then I love the message because I think that's just kind of fresh and, and new. But um, So I have to look at it. Oh, oh man... We're going to have the slides in NLT, right? Okay, because I don't have any internet. What? <laughs> okay, can you give me the NLT? Just pull up Second Chronicles, and I'll put this fancy little thing down that is really used just for Netflix. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Okay, perfect. All right. We're just going to take a look um, at... Jehoshaphat and the detour that the Lord took them on, okay? Or actually his forefathers, and that's crucial because of the willingness of the forefathers that Jehoshaphat and all the people were blessed, okay? All right, so we're going to look at um, verse 1. After this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Munites, and that's people of Mount Seir, and I'm going to refer to them that way because that's what 
the study Bible says, calls them, um, declared war on Jehoshaphat. So the messengers, they came and told Jehoshaphat, and um, he knew immediately, like, uh, oh, my God, like, these people, that's huge. You're talking about three countries coming up against one little group, okay? And if you look at just even think right now, like Israel is this big on the map and who they're surrounded by, all these countries that big. So all three are going to come against Israel. And so you look at the response. Of course, he said, um, uh, um, a vast army is coming. All right, Jehoshaphat in verse 3 was terrified by this news. Terrified. Terrified. Have you ever had news that terrifies you? Your knees get weak, <clears throat> your heart beats so fast, and you lose all physical strength. Have you ever been so terrified? And that's where he was. He's the leader. Everything was right here. The buck stops here. He was terrified. And what was his first response? Although he was absolutely fear-struck, terrified. I love his response because I don't know how many of y'all, but some, we have to have a little tailspin time. You got to, you know, maybe spin around just a little bit with like one foot nailed to the floor trying to figure out what you're going to do. We automatically think we have the answer. But Jehoshaphat immediately, um, in verse 3, it says, he turned to the Lord, he sought his guidance, and he declared a fast. That's a, good, that's a leader. Not just a leader, that's a really good leader. Because he, he knew he did not have the answers. So in verse 6, let's look at that. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors. Now I love this. Think of this. Because I'm going to tell you, I really believe that Jehoshaphat at this moment in time, I know he was praying to the Lord, but he was really kind of reminding himself. He had to remind himself a proof source. If any of y'all remember uh, geometry, the most miserable class in high school, known to man, are proof sources. And I can remember it not making sense. I failed every test, had to take that class twice, because it, had, it was a proof source. And you had to start off with an equation, and then you broke down the steps to prove that that equation was correct. I thought, that is just stupid. I'm just going to tell you, because x squared minus y does not equal z. I don't care what you do, and it, there's no proof that I can do. So finally, after the second time that I took the class, this brilliant teacher said, I love this because it's just how God, sorry, God wired me. He, he said, just start with what you want to prove at the bottom and work your way backwards. He said, if you'll work backwards, it'll make sense at the top. And I went, okay. That's what I do now even when I pray. This is what Jehoshaphat is doing. He's starting backwards. He's declaring, he's like, mm-mm, oh, Lord in heaven, you are ruler of all the kingdoms. He's getting his proof source going. He's building up his faith by just declaring truth, okay? You are powerful and mighty, and no one, no one, the Moabites, Ammonites, people of Mount Seir, and anybody else they want to throw in the group, and no one can stand against you. He was declaring, I'm telling you, for himself, and in verse 7, did you not drive out those who lived in this current land when you, your people, Israel, arrived? Now, we can say that forcefully, but I really believe with all terror and fear, he sounded more like, did you not drive out all those people um, who lived in this current land? When your people, like, remember, think about if that were you. If this were you, like, how would you replay and replay in your mind all that the Lord had done before? 
okay, did you, did you not do this? And did you not do that? And did you not do that? And he was just replaying with the Lord. And did you, he's declaring land forever to the descendants of your friend, Abraham? He's declaring, he's reminding, he's replying. Your people settled here and built this temple to honor your name. So in verse 9, he continued and said, Whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us. You will hear us and rescue us. Jehoshaphat was at this point, he was faced with a calamity. But aren't we all? What calamity have we faced? Yeah, okay, I don't have, you know, physical people coming up in, against me, against, like a warlike situation. But I've had some calamities. I've had um, the armies of death, destruction, and devastation come up against me and my family. I've had horrible loss and pain, as you all have, correct? So I want you to picture that as an army of the enemy coming up against you. And either we're going to sit and cower down and fall to the floor, and oh my gosh, poor, poor, pitiful me, or we're going to say, mm-mm, Lord, you are great, you are mighty. Lord, no one can stand against you. That's the God I serve. Lord God, I need you to come here and do something. Isn't this where you've called me to be here? Now, you, you're the one that gave me this child. So if you trust me with this child, then Lord, you're going to give me a word to parent them the way I need to parent them. Oh Lord, you called me to marry this person. So Lord, I need you to show me now, right now, what to do in this time. Do you see the difference? Instead of going, oh, it's over, it's pitiful, I'm done, I quit. Well, we all want to do that, okay? Tell me when and what person in the Bible or any of our forefathers who have gone before us that said being a Christian was so easy, especially the ones that walk in any kind of power, anyone that really wants to make a difference. And if you look, and it, we know it's happening in the U.S., of just the discrimination and the, um, oh, they're saying mean things about us. okay. All right, but if we just go across the ponds in a few places in the world, you're going to see where they're being burned alive. The things of the martyrs have passed are being burned alive. So what we saw in the history books and the things of the martyrs have passed are really happening right up under our nose to, right now today. And the same God that we're calling on to save our marriage, rescue our children, to heal um, our land, to do something in your finances for the Lord to rescue you is the same God that they're crying out to and they're making a difference everywhere. So what is your calamity? What is your war? What is um, the fire that is being attempted by the enemy to burn you? We're going to stand in his presence. And I love in verse 6 where he declared who God was. Oh, man. I'm going to remind myself because I don't have to remind the Lord. But at the same time that I'm speaking it out of who God is and who God was and what he did and his might, I'm also reminding the enemy of who he is and who I serve and who I belong to so that Satan better back up, back up, because I have all the authority in Jesus to back him up and to actually push back the enemy and have our rightful position. 
And that's the, that's the point we have to make. And Jehoshaphat, at this point, reminded. There was a divine detour that took place years and years ago, and even said, like, what is this? We're getting, this is the repayment they're giving us in verse 10. And now see the, army, the armies of, the, um, of um, Ammon, Moab, and Mount Sir, what they're doing. You told, he told them when he conquered every nation, those Israelites were going through plowing them down. I mean, he was taking over the land, and sometimes they didn't have to fight. They just had to march around a wall. I mean, the, the, their name, like they had made a name for themselves. Man, the fear of the Lord came over people because of the Israelites and who, how strong they were and their God. And so now here it is, he's going, what kind of repayment are we getting here? You told us that we couldn't fight them. I don't, and y'all, I'm just telling you, the detour of your forefathers, that's why some of us are able to be here today and have the faith that we do. When he, they did that, they knew they could easily have taken them because the Lord led all the other victories. Why did he tell them these three people groups, these three countries, oh, don't fight them, don't fight them. I want you to go around them. He wouldn't even let another detour as if they weren't wandering long enough, Right? But they had to go around a detour. And that detour didn't make sense to them then. But now it's not really making sense to Jehoshaphat now. But at the same time, in that obedience. And I'm going to tell you, this is just crucial when we can look in verse 12. I'm telling you, this is how all of us don't... We just need to stop and just think, okay, Lord, let me respond to how the enemy's coming up against me and my family right now. Or my job, my, my business and whatever situation that's in your life, right now, he said in verse 12, Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. His eyes were fixed. He was in complete alignment. Lord, I don't know what to do, but I'm trusting you. He's called on. He's reminded his mind and his heart and his emotions who God was and who, how strong he was. And now he was actually going to get his body in line going, I don't know what to do, but I'm looking at you. you got to do something. And this great leader called them all to start praying right now and fast. So in that moment, he had laid out all the facts Jehoshaphat had laid all the facts to the Lord. He had laid out his heart to the Lord. He laid out all of his insecurities to the Lord. Now, what kind of leader in front of all his people? I love Nelson just said the same thing. He goes, you know what? When you come here, I don't know. I don't know what to do. But I'm gonna, I'm gonna, my presence is going to be there. And then the Lord just starts to download what to do and what to say. Just like in that moment, as in Jehoshaphat, he he knew. And then the Lord, they all started praying. And then the Lord sent his word prophetically to a guy in the crowd. And in verse 15, the Lord told, and this guy said, hey people, listen up, listen up. He said, don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the battle's not not ours just what your worship pastor just said earlier. It's not our battle. What do you mean? Like, they're going to physically come up against us. Okay, what do you mean it's not my battle? Do you understand uh, what my husband said to me? Do you understand what they did to me at work? Do you understand what they're saying about me? Do you understand? It's not my battle. 
Our battles are not against flesh and blood. I can argue with you all day long, and that ain't going to do a hill of beans because you're going to walk away believing what you believe. I'm going to walk away what I believe, and hopefully we'd agree to disagree. But in these days, they can't even do that, okay? And if I want to change my son's heart, I can't do it. I cannot reach in and physically change his heart. I can go up here and say, Lord God, I need a rescue mission. I need you, and I'm reminding the Lord who he is and what he's told me in the past and my promises and what he said, and and I'll give you for an instance. My son went off to college, and I'm going to tell you, the home he grew up in, we we fight. I'm telling you, we'll fight the enemy. And he knew it. He has been raised in a home that we have taken our authority and he knows um, how to declare. He knows how to um, fight spiritually. He can um, see the enemy by name and that's the home he's grown up in. We're just a home of active warfare and believing and declaring the Lord's power and I mean all. he goes off to college and that begins to unravel. And I'm like, oh, uh uh-uh. No, mm -mm. I might get this red from a jar, but it was really original um, on the front end. So there's some fire in in this in this chick. And I went out. He came home at Christmas break, and what was coming out of his mouth, I thought, who is this? Who is this person? Like I'm sitting across the table from a stranger, and it saddened me and it made me mad. (laughs) So I thought, okay, Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything. I just sat there because I was almost just shocked at what. We had poured in 18 plus years. He goes off to college and everything can get unraveled in six months. Oh no. Mm -mm. We come home from dinner. They go in. I tell them I'm letting the dogs out. And I knew I hadn't even talked to Jeff yet because I just thought I can't write. I'm just too upset. And I knew he was just mad, but we weren't going to say anything. And I went out on that back patio and I I love to look up into the stars, look up into the heavens. And I just said, same thing. I knew he heard me. I knew I had to. And I said, okay, you told me. Remember, I'm going to recount what all the Lord has done in the past. And you've said this. And so I'm just telling you. I said, i got to have a rescue mission. You told me if I would take care of your sheep and you were going to take care of Jeff and Dean. I said, I'm asking for a rescue mission. I said, what I got in that house? I said, that ain't right. I can't fix it. I said, the enemy's got a hold of his heart. I didn't care about what was going on in the mind because out of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I was more so worried about what's going on in the heart because I knew if the Lord could fix his heart, he can get all that other stuff just lined up. And I said, I don't know what you've got to do, but Lord, I'm giving him to you and I'm, I'm, I'm declaring, I'm begging, and I'm believing for a rescue mission. And I went on about my day. Miserable Christmas, I must say. <laughs> day after Christmas. Hadn't said anything mission, hadn't taken place yet. Mark, um, in the kitchen, and I went, mm, mm, rescue mission hadn't taken place yet. So I just kept believing and praying. I said, Lord, I thank you, because I know it's going to, because I know who I belong to, and I know that he is mine, and that therefore he is holy. I know that he is in you. I know that he's, uh, you're his savior, and so therefore I'm asking for all the benefits. I'm just going to believe it. I don't care what's coming. I call, sorry, a verbal vomit coming out of his mouth. I'm not going to accept that. And so off he goes to meet his friends and buddies, this, that, and the other. And that night he comes home broken and crying. And he said, Mom, I have done 
some stuff that I just, I don't know who I am anymore. I said, well, hallelujah, the Lord does. We do. It's okay. And the Lord led him back and got him. My son has a huge call of God on his life. And you better believe those who are called, those who are anointed and called to a task, you better believe you've got a target on your back. And that just means we're going to have to declare more, pray more, believe more, and fight more, and just draw a line sand saying, mm-mm. You're not having this ground. I'm not going to give it up. Lord, I'll go on a detour with you and I'll do what you say. And it won't make sense because I know I'm with you and I know that no matter where I am, I'm exactly where you've called me to be. No matter if it hurts, no matter if it smells, no matter if it's hot. And Lord God, even if it's cold, I don't, but I'll go. And I'm telling you to see the, 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 the power of the Lord enter my calamity. My calamity. What is it for a parent that you can do all you can for the Lord and all you can for the Lord and then you see your child just go off like to a path going, "Mm mm-mm. And that beautiful detour, the Lord just allowed it. Okay, I'm I'm with him, Teresa. I got him. I'm like, but Lord, do you see that road he's on? Do you see that path he's taking? Yeah, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going with him. Hold on. I asked him for a rescue mission, Lord. And what did he do? Turn him back around. Can you imagine how beautiful that is before the Lord? That when we turn, when we absolutely turn, he's so delighted. And the beautiful thing is he never quit loving my son. He never quits loving any of us when we go down these roads that we're not supposed to be on. And it might be to a dead end, but you know what? That just forces us to like, you can follow around that cul-de-sac and make a few more steps, (coughs) but we're going to turn. You can sit there and go round and round in circles, but eventually you got to come out sometime. I love that, that the Lord allows us, He goes with us, and He brings us right back for His purpose, out of His great love for us, that there's always a way back. There's always a way back. Here they are, and in verse 16, they go to march out. The Lord gives them very specifics, very specifics. I love this, because when we don't know what to do, have you ever known where the Lord comes and starts speaking to you, and it's specific, but not so? Like, wait, what is, what is that going to look like? Hold on. Like, Lord, I want to know how it's actually going to work out because you said you're going to take care of it. Now, what does that mean? Okay? Jehoshaphat never did that. He just said, Lord's going to take care of it. He goes, okay. I would ask questions. He knows me well. I'm going to say, what does that mean? What's that look like? Could you give me, can you break that down a little bit more? But then if so, then where's the trust? Where's the faith? He's going to give us specifics, go this way, but at one step at a time. And we're going to trust him with each step. So in verse 16, he said, you're going to go out. So tomorrow, gave him a time frame. He said, you're going to march out. He didn't say you're going to walk. You're going to swag. You're going to run. You're going to meander. You're going to march. Marching has its own little fierce walk with a little authority to it, a little um, pep in your step. And he said, and even that, he went further, and he said, I'm going to tell you exactly when you step out. I'm going to tell you where the enemy is. He's saying, like, I got it. I see where you are, and at the same time, I see where all your enemies are. And I'm going to tell you, he lets us in on the enemy's plans and tactics. We are a holy people. We have rights. We have blessings. We have privileges 
that most don't. And the privilege of being a child of the Most High God is the enemy will tell us, I mean, the Lord will tell us what the enemy's plan is. He'll tell us where they are, who they are by name, so we can just take them out. We don't even have to guess. We don't have to beg. We're just like, mm-mm, I see. Thank you, Lord. You just um, revealed that. Ladies, we talked about that yesterday, little interruptions where he can tell us these things. So he told the enemy's location, and he said, but you're not going to fight. Now, wait a minute. You told us to go out tomorrow. You told us to march. You told us where the enemy is. Why can't, like, we're ready. I mean, they, that, to march, to go out, that means full regalia. Got the sword, got all the armor. They suited up. They didn't just go out in their pajamas. I mean, they got dressed. They got up. They got going. And then, so if I'm going to get all this, and I'm going to do all this, but what do you mean I'm not going to fight? Station yourselves. He told them specifically where to station. A very specific, a very targeted place that he wanted them to go to be able to look out to see. And you think about a station. There's fire stations, police stations. They are strategically placed within a certain parameter. There's a reason for it. So they can get to A quickly, as they can get to C, as they can get going out. He told them that they're strategically placed. And that's what the Lord told them to do. So they're going out. He told them the time, how to go in a starch march. The enemy's location, you're not going to fight. You're going to station yourselves very strategically. And this is what you're going to do. Stand still. Oh, my God. Tell me to do anything but be still. <laughs> tell me to run. Tell me to build a wall. I'm like, tell me to rip out some flooring. Do something. But to stand still, it is the hardest thing to do. I don't care who you are. We are not wired to fully stand still. Spiritually, physically, emotionally, financially. No, 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 I can fix this. Hold on, but be still. Oh, like, but you said, mm, but we were marching. Yeah, mm, but you get to your location, be still. How can you be still when your world's falling apart? What do you mean, Lord, be still when my, bear, my, my special loved one that I love so much is hurting with a disease and could be dying? What do you mean, be still? Complete peace and stillness in heart, in mind, in your emotions. Be still. That was a trust like never before. They're going to see the Lord's victory. So they're marching out and Jehoshaphat says, Okay, oh Lord, I'm counting on you. I'm the leader. And they're starting to praise and worship and they bow down to worship the Lord. And then they head out the next day and Jehoshaphat, as the leader he is, he said, you know what, we've got to go out in song. So he got a group and they started praising the Lord. He started praising the Lord and saying, your faithful love endures forever. Faithful love endures forever. Almost like the same song that I think that those guys about being thrown into the fiery pit and they said, okay, um, our, yes, our Lord can rescue us from here. But if he doesn't, his faithful love endures forever. <clears throat> Everything about the Lord. Lord, if you're going to rescue my son, but Lord, even if you, like, your faithful love endures forever. No matter what comes out of your, his mouth, your faithful love is one. But if you, Lord, I'm standing here begging you to heal my loved one. But if you don't, your faithful love endures forever. 
that's just standing still going, Oh, Lord, I am your servant, whatever you have for me today. Jehoshaphat had to know as a leader, he said, if they were going to go and that it was not going to be their fight. And he said, he said, guys, everybody listen. Listen up, y'all. I know we're headed out and we're doing what, exactly what the Lord said. He said, trust in the king and you'll be established. No sea legs. No vertigo. No nausea. No, oh my God, we just might die. No fear and attack. We're going to be established. He said, and trust in the Lord's prophets and you will succeed. They had to trust that one man that got a word. That's what they were going on. Have you ever heard like, you know, I'm just running on a prayer. Okay, well, they were running on that. Like, okay, Lord has said it. It got confirmed and we're going out. How many of us have to do that in our lives? The Lord is saying to that. Saying, I'm going to ask you to do what seems absolutely impossible. I'm going to ask you to do what does not make sense. It does not make sense. But they were fully armored. And so many times we put our helmet of salvation on and we run out to fight. And none of us would put on uh, uh, a hat on our head and run out naked and think we can take on the day and go to work and everything else and do our errands. No, we've got to get suited up and armored up. That's why they marched. They got fully armored up. They were ready. We have to approach our day, our task, um, what is set before us. With the power of the Lord, we are armored up. They went out. They took their rightful position, exactly what the Lord said. They knew they were a chosen, uh, beautiful people of the Lord that came with rights and privileges. And they take, and, and as they were marching, and they beca- began to sing, the moment they began to worship, the moment they began to sing, Oh, Lord, your faithful love endures forever. Lord, you love me, and it doesn't stop. No matter if I'm here on this earth, if I'm in heaven, your faithful love never stops. And at that moment, the enemy, where the Lord knew exactly where they were, turned on themselves. The people of um, uh, Ammon and Moab joined together, killed all the people of Mount Seir, wiped them out. And then the next thing, there's such a spirit of confusion and murder and everything else. Then um, the people of Moab and Ammon, they turned on each other and they killed. And I always want to think, the very last two standing, why didn't they run? <laughs> like, look, I know you're from one camp and I'm from another. Well, let's get on out of here. These fools have done killed themselves. But they didn't. Every one of them wiped each other out. And the beautiful thing, the Lord knew that he said, Mm-mm, this battle's not yours. Not only is the battle not yours, you don't even have to see the nasty carnage. You don't even have to see the nastiness of the world. You don't have to see the nastiness of the bloodshed. He said, but when you... So they get there to that strategic location that the Lord told them to go, and they look out, and all they can see are just dead bodies. All they could see. There wasn't any movement. Nothing. I don't know about you, but that would freak me out. And I can't imagine how they stood there in amazement. And the, not only did the Lord say, okay, didn't I say it? Had to just be still. And so there was a time to be still, and then there was a time they got to collect the plunder. So much of equipment and clothing and valuables. Three days, not nine to five plunder picking. We're talking 24 hours a day plunder picking to take back. What did that do 
for the five-year-old child in the family line? What did that do for the 17-year-old in the family line? What did that do for the 98-year-old man and woman in that camp? What did that do for all the other people surrounding them that just didn't believe the Lord like them? I want the Lord to do that in my life. I want to live the life that I will go to the Lord and say, I don't know what to do, but you do. Because this is what you've done for me here. This is what you did for me last week. This is what you did for me two years ago. And, oh, Lord, you've called me here, and, and that's been confirmed. And no one can stand against your name, and you're great. I'll tell you what. I got gotcha. you. I am looking at you, and I know you have me, and you're not going to let me go because your faithful love for me goes on throughout all time. That, Lord, when you saw me at 2 and you saw me at 12, and you saw me at 18, you knew I'd be here at 54. And his faithful love endured forever. And what he's going to do in your life, and in my life, and in your children's life, and those that are ahead of you by a few years, he wants to do something that you've never seen before. He wants you to fix your gaze on him, to march out to take your authority in Jesus Christ and to know that this is his battle. I'm just going to be still. I'm going to take my marching orders. Some of you, the Lord is asking you to go on a detour. It does not make sense. It does not make sense to stay in that marriage, but he's asking you to detour with him. It does not make sense of what your children are doing and saying. He's asking you to detour. Hold on. They might be on a detour, but you don't. No, I'm going to just be still. I'm going to be still and know that my God's coming through for me. Your job might be uh, going down the tubes. Your company might be closing. And your, uh, the stream of finances might be trying to be blocked by the enemy. But hold on. Hold on. You're going to ask the Lord. And you're going to take your rightful position. And you're going to declare who He is and all of His might and power. And you're going to watch Him fight this battle. It's too big. It's too big for us. It's too big for us. As the, some of you learned yesterday, um, I had a daughter that died in 05, and that was too big for me. It was too big for me. And the threat of Satan coming after my son, fast forward a few years when he goes off to college, 10 years later, and the threat of the enemy coming against my son, that was too big for me. And I, but I'm telling you, I wasn't going to stand for it. And I knew where to go. That's who we serve. And so many times we get gut punched by the enemy and gut punched by the enemy and we just, oh, this is how it's going to be. No, ma'am. No, sir. We're going to stand up. We're going to take our rightful position that means armored up and march as according to what the Lord says do. And sometimes that's be still. Sometimes it's to have a word. But you know the only way we know which one? Phew, go here first. I've got to pray before I say. I've got to pray and get on my face before the Lord and saying, if you don't do this, it can do in this, and I can fix this, and I've got this handled. Just be still for just a minute and see if you really are on the right track. You could be going down a detour and you don't even know it. You could be going way off the chart and you don't even know it. Just yesterday, we had put in that little GPS in this little car to get us here. 
But little, lo and behold, we had put in the address of the hotels. We just kept circling around going, well, I just don't see his church. Well, that's because we're looking at the La Quinta. And we just keep driving around and driving around. We had to put in our right coordinates. But we thought we were on the right path. We were on our way to do good. And we were off track. We were never going to get our destination. And we do that day in and day out just because we think it's right and we have somebody that can agree with us and thinks like we do that we think we're all right. And we've never asked the Lord. We've never consulted Him. It's time to stop. Just like Jehoshaphat, he stopped. That was the most important thing that the man did. He stopped and said, Oh Lord, what do you say? Oh Lord, what do you say? If I would, I would have blown it. I'm just telling you. If I'd have gone in, guns a blazing with my son and said, You're wrong. You think wrong. That's wrong. You're crazy. What are you? What? Blah, 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 blah. One, my relationship with him would have been um, undermined by the enemy. He wouldn't have trusted me. And I'd very doubt I could get in there and change. I might have changed. I, I, I wouldn't have changed his mind. And, but beyond that, that's periphery. I would have never changed his heart. And that is what we're up against. It's the heart. The Lord is wanting to change some hearts right now. The Lord, some of you have benefited from the detour just like Jehoshaphat did. Man, there are people, generations before, they went around them. Jehoshaphat wasn't having to go around them. That wasn't his, that wasn't his, um, his the direction from the Lord. He was just benefiting from the detour. So some of you, the Lord is asking you to just stand. Just stand with him and be still and know that the battle is his. But some of you, the Lord's asking for a detour today. That's just not going to make sense. What do you mean quit your job? Lord, what do you mean quit my job? Lord, I ain't got no money. If the Lord says stop, stop. Trust him. Test it. Test all words. Test it. Lord, what do you mean? I, I'm too old to start something new. No, test it. What's the Lord saying? He does not make sense. But it's a good ride. It's a good ride. And it's a ride sometimes when the, the waves are so big and they're crashing in and you have no control over your boat and you say, Lord, I'm right where you told me to be. So I can rest in that. I can rest in that. Some of you are not able to rest because you're not where the Lord told you to be. Bless the Lord. This is your opportunity. Stop. About face. Get out of that cul-de-sac. Get out of that dead-end road and get back to what the Lord's calling you to do. Being who He's called you to be. Loving the one He's called you to love. And I'm going to just tell you, forgiving the ones that have hurt you. It doesn't make sense. You don't know what they've done. I don't. I don't. And they're going to have to take it up with the Lord. But you know what? Forgiveness has nothing to do right here. Nothing. It's right here. It's saying, I'm going to surrender my will. Not my will, but yours. And I'm going to choose to forgive them, Lord. I'm going to choose to. And you're going to heal me. Well, that's part B. But you got to do part A first. I'm going to choose to forgive them. Because, Lord, I don't like this road. It's taking me down. I'm bitter. I'm angry. I think about them all the time. I take them with me to Kroger. 
<laughs> I, I take them with me um, out to the ball field. I brought them into church right now. Stop. Just stop. So, Nelson, that's all I got. But I'm telling you, I just think it's time that there's some new direction taking place. So. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.